Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker Imani Collier, the founder of Urban Garden Brewing. And if you've missed part one, well, you've missed too much. Go back, belly up to that bar, and give it a listen first. I promise we will save a seat right here for you, won't we, Gina? Yes, the taps will overflow it. Oh, good Lord. With faith. Oh, my. You had to work it in there. I was going to go with, see? Didn't you have faith I was going to bring it back? Oh. See? You stole it. She stepped on me. Welcome back. (laughs) So, Amani, in part one, we obviously started about your, we talked about the early journey um, of of establishing Urban Garden, how you, Urban Garden Brewing, and how you got there, and uh, some of the people that actually helped you get there, which is kind of cool that you've had, you've met people that helped you get to where you are. And um, we talked about your amazing brand. Um, but what I'd really love now is to talk about um, inspiration behind the beer, the other beers. You talked about five, and we're tasting one. And maybe I'm a little greedy, but I really would love to find out how did you get to those five, and what made you go no this one and not the others. So the five, they were definitely inspired by tea. I just like tea. I'm a really big tea girl. Um, so I kind of. Actually, one of the five, I when you're homebrewing, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong. <laughs> so I, I think I made like this apple cinnamon something and it just it just went wrong. And I was so sad about it that I just didn't want to try again. So I just let it go. And so the other three recipes that I did were just inspired by like really good teas that I made for myself. And I can't necessarily give you all the two because it's a surprise okay. but we have a beer uh, a pillow that I just released with a clothing brand and that beer particularly I used hibiscus and I used kara kara orange Ooh, so they're my favorite I love the skins yeah yeah it's it's really good so when I imagine what beer should taste like for me you know, some people are like all about the hop. Some people are like yeastward. I'm very just flowers. Like, how can I use a flower and use it to complement the hops or use it to complement, like, if it's an IPA, you know, I, what flowers can I use to, you know, complement that? So, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's basically the inspiration behind those recipes and just. Any beer that I make, whether it's a pillow or a Blondel, I really just wanted to focus on it all being approachable for everyone. We, we got back up to the listeners. In case you don't know what a uh, car car orange is, it is used primarily for its fragrance, and it's used a lot of times for oils and perfumes. Oh, interesting. And it is a beautiful, sweet smell, and it's like sometimes when you have a fragrance, whether whatever soap or something, and you can't identify what that sweet smell is— a lot of people assume it's almond oil or almond blossom, but it is, in fact, the Ankara Car Orange. And I can't even believe you said that. I have a question about your failed <laughs> apple beer. Ready? Yes. Did you use fresh apples or did you use dehydrated? I actually used fresh apples. Yeah. In, yes, I used it in the boil. But then I also, I was very new to, okay, I'm going to give you all a home brewing tip. <laughs> Do not sanitize your carboys with bleach. I know that's so obvious, but not when you're first home brewing. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. No matter whatever Donald Trump may have told you in the fucking drink bleach, drink bleach, please do not fucking drink bleach because that guy's a fucking maniac. No, he Um, actually said put that shit in your veins, if you remember correctly. (laughs) I I mean, 
That's pretty funny. Yeah. However, you can dilute it. You can make that the, the, the cleaning solution you're trying to make. Yes. In a in a crazy dilution process. Yes. Yes. I I was just eager. You just killed all your hops is what you did. I, did you drink it? I knew. I just knew. I just knew that. I, I already knew I made a mistake when I was sanitizing it. But I was just like, no, oh, that was going to be fine. And then after like fermenting, I just, something just told me in my heart. Yeah. Like, this is a no. This is a no-go. Do you want to know the best secret? Um, here's my favorite, uh, my favorite cleaning solution that is so versatile. It's crazy. For some reason, whatever's in Windex is like, Windex or, or Fantastic, either one. Oh, I can't, you can fantastic. use in like parts per million to like um, make different of like, in, not ingestible, but like food grade cleaners which is so weird, but you have to put a ton of water. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like so many million parts of water to like one, one per millionth of the solution. Mm-hmm. But if you're, in a, if you're in a bind, you could always do that. But like lemon's really good and like yeah, all Yeah, lemon's really good. The thing about the beer, because you, if any strange little, because beer is alive, you know? Yep. Yeast will eat anything, so... <laughs> It's like you have anything. to have the well, not anything, but you know they eat the sugar, they poop it out, make alcohol. But if there's like some weird bacteria in there, that it's they're gonna poop out something, and their beer's yeah. gonna have really bad off flavor. Yeah. So there's like special sandy things that you yeah. use, particularly for beer. Just in that moment, I was really just like, yeah, I'm ready, like let's go. But you know, that was. <laughs> it's you know sometimes you, you just have to learn the lesson this. hard. Like, you need to make, like, a, a bandage wrap, like, cheese with this particular beer. Oh, wow. That's You really have to. Like, I That's don't know amazing. what you do to, to collaborate with cheesemakers, <laughs> but get on the gram, figure that out, figure and out. then I, I need I need to eat it. I I'm need, like, send them this episode. I need... I'm sending this episode. Like, I need, like, I need, like, um, somebody to, to, like, dip your beer in the bandage wrap and either make a really light-grade cheddar or some sort of... Um, very sharp goat that's been aged in this particular beer. Basically, Ooh. they take bandage wrapped and they literally put bandages and they can dip it in anything. That would be awesome. I don't make cheese. I don't know how to make cheese. That's, I fucking sure eat cheese. <laughs> I eat cheese. I'm afraid of making cheese. I am probably afraid of making beer. Ah, I've made beer before, but like not very good beer because I'm patient as fuck. I'm like, uh, you do need a lot know. of patience. Right. You really do. Like, do. there's a whole waiting bottle conditioning. Can we talk about bottle conditioning? Yes. How do you do that in a can? I have a lot of brew friends. I've never asked the question because I want to act like I don't. I know everything, but I don't. Well, f- me personally, I've never conditioned in a can. Um, these are my when I landed my production contracts. Luckily, they did all of that for me. But yes, yeah, so I never. I never do that. I always did bottling when I was home brewing. So, but you know, if we have facility, they basically, you know, they have a candy machine. So you tell me that I can ask all the dumb questions. That's my yeah. role on the show. <laughs> no, I wish I, I, I never tried. I never, I never homebrewed. I never canned from like home, homebrewing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, even bottling was just so, such a tedious thing to do process but it's also you know better for the home brew beer because you gotta have like dark bottles you gotta keep them in a dark place and yes i never actually tried with a can i'm sorry i wish i had a better (laughs) my husband used to make a ginger ale and like he used to you know it's the same process right yeah except you know yeast and uh Oh my god so bottle we bottle conditioned it but ginger ale real ginger ale is literally Everything you'd make a beer like, and then 
you skip the um, adding the yeast. Adding the yeast. And there is a little residual yeast that naturally occurs in the air. But um, it's just, it's just, um, it's such an interesting process. I always wonder when they do canning, like how do they condition the beer before they put it in the can? Well, Because yeah. something has to happen in that well, can. Well, yeah, so in, like at the brewery, it basically, they, so it goes from the fermenter to the bright tanks, and then the bright tanks is where everything gets carved, and then they push it through in the canning machine. So that's, it's, that is so simple. It's not as like cool and nerdy as home beer. <laughs> 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 so I wish I had like a cooler process. What like home, like home brewing, I feel like, I mean, I've seen a lot of um, videos of like people like doing home brewing, this goes erratically wrong. Yeah, home, so, yeah. So home brewing is, I mean, lots of things can go wrong. It's a spontaneous environment and a very tedious thing to do. So when I went from that to then just being able to give my recipe and someone just pushed a button, it's like, oh, wow. Like, started from the bottom, now we're here. Like, this is awesome. Isn't it a crazy thing, though, that you take something that's one or seven or a batch is a gallon? I don't know what your what your brewing equipment was. And then you give it to somebody that's going to put it out in, like, like, it's a massive form, right? So if you have a keg, it was 144 beers in each keg, and you said your first one was five kegs, right? Five, yeah, five barrels. Five about, barrels, yeah. right? Okay, so five, you have five barrels. Like, to see it, like, replicated, and I'm sure the first run, no one's first run is perfect, and if yours was, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. But you have your first run, and you realize, like, with certain things you put in your beer, you only need a little bit, no matter, even though it's, like, this humongous run, and you're like, shit, I only needed this little bit, and, like, that's, like, where the business aspect comes into play. Like, how little to make the same things because that's your profit. Yes. Yeah, so when I did my first five-barrel batch, well, so my homebrew equipment was an 11-gallon. That's um, pretty big. All green. Yeah, I didn't start with that. That I got that for Christmas because mm-hmm. my mom was like, oh, yeah, you're really serious like, about this. Santa brought you a homebrewing? Wow, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, because I started with just, like, the little, you know, five-gallon and then, you know, bossed up to the 11. But uh, when I did my first five-barrel batch, um, I used, I think I used about, like, five pounds of chamomile um, flowers. Yeah, I used, like, five pounds. So, yeah. That's a lot. Expensive. (laughs) Yeah, and then I used, um, and I also, so I put some in the boil, and then I did some dry hop. But when I went from that to the 30-barrel, I just try to like calculate, like, okay, well, I use this, so just multiply, and then I'll just, you know, what, 30 barrels, five divided by five, multiply. So I thought I was doing yeah. the math right, and I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, I don't need that much. It was so crazy because once we like, we tried the beer, and it was before it was done fermenting, I was like, this is not enough chamomile. I was like, this is not enough chamomile. Like, we need more chamomile. And it was like, I think like a week before it was like actually supposed to be done and released. So I ended up having to buy, I think about 14 pounds of chamomile to put in to dry hop in the fermenters because, yeah, and I was like, I don't think biggest- anybody understands what you're saying right now. <laughs> so the listeners, 14 <laughs> pounds of chamomile, just so, so we're clear. I mean, because it weighs nothing. Do you know a gallon? Here, we're going to make it so, the, so that the, um, People at home understand. If you have four ounces of chamomile, it's about one overflowing Ziploc bag, gallon-sized freezer bag of chamomile. Yeah. What is she saying <laughs> is, wait, what's 14 times um, 
four, what's yeah. 14 times four, whatever that is, whatever that number is, basically covers a boardroom table, right, where we're at. Like, that's a lot. Uh, something like that, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. It was like a pickup truck of... It wasn't a pickup truck. <laughs> Just it wasn't, kidding. It wasn't, did yeah, did it Germany wasn't. call and say, we need our chamomile no. back? Because I feel like that's where you, like, that's where you source enough, it. it. It wasn't that much chamomile because I don't... 14 yeah. pounds, a lot of chamomile. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a lot of chamomile, but... So yeah, so we ended up doing that, and it was odd that that was like my biggest fear that my camelite will be produced in this large form and not taste like chamomile. And be camelite, chamomile light, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, chamomile light. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, yeah, so scaling it, it's it's a lot. So the things that you do from home brewing to then scaling up those recipes, there's there's a lot of. Lots of lots of different things to think about, you know. Um, and like you said, especially like pricing. Like I cut the green tea. I mean, the green tea was great, but I was like, well, okay, well, let's cut that. Let's do the chamomile and the honey. But the tetanine is what really set off the beer. So I'm very proud of the the final. You should be. Yeah, the final. You know what really I would. Be, you yeah. know what I would be proud of. Oh, I can't imagine what you're gonna tell me to do. <laughs> I'd be proud if we'd make this woman a cocktail. All right, well, let's take this party um, to the bar. Let's do it. All right. So one of my favorite things to do in the summertime is, you know, make a shandy. So you lighten up your beer. It's got a little bit of fresh juice. It could have soda in it, more carbonation. You know, a shandy usually technically is a soda and a beer, and you kind of put it together. Um, but doing that with lemonade, stuff like that, is also completely acceptable in the world of... Um, combining your beer and your alcohol together. So one of my favorite combinations is um, common is like is lemon, cantaloupe, and blueberries. But you know if you put all that together into one drink, it's going to definitely be a little bit mealy. So what we're going to do is use a blueberry syrup, which I made, um, and it's just fresh blueberries. It's one cup of blueberries, one cup of sugar. Um, three quarters of a cup of water and a quarter cup of champagne vinegar. And we're gonna use this really sparingly and light, but what it's gonna do is just give like a little, um, it's a little uh, sweeter, juicy flavor to the deliciousness that is um, the chamomile beer. So I need a jigger, which would be very helpful here. And we are going to put in there um, one ounce of blueberry syrup, and then we're gonna use one ounce, this is for each drink, I'm making two in here. We're gonna use one ounce of lemon juice. So basically, if you have syrup and lemons, fresh lemon, right, we're making lemonade. That's not too hard to figure out, right? So now you have the volume of one to one, and now you wanna put in there two parts, or two ounces of your cantaloupe puree, and we're gonna do it two times. And now you have this like lovely little mixture, and we're not using any ice, it's a dry shake, because we're gonna put this over ice with the chamomile beer. You need to give it a little shake. The Jimmy. And it still smells really good. And you're gonna do half the amount in each glass, and we're gonna to top it off. So we got all, we'll, and if you miss anything, it'll be at designateddrinker.show. And for your tips, tricks, and how-to, you don't wanna hide the Camelite. You just are adding to the experience of it. And that's that. And then when you're doing, so I always put mine on the bottom because the beer is lighter. 
And we're going to put that in. And we're going to give it a stir. And if it's terrible, it's Louise's fault. <laughs> of course it is. And just one thing, once you put this in there, you really don't want to roll it around because you will lose all of that beautiful um, um, fizz from the beer. You just kind of want to give it like a little quick turn and you'll see inside your glass. And one thing about doing shandies in general is you really, if you have the option to use a metal glass with it, definitely do so because legitimately it has like, um, it keeps it colder and it keeps the carbonation up. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a good trick. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I would have never imagined cantaloupe, blueberry, lemon. Vinegar. With the chamomile. There's vinegar in it. So I worked in an Indian restaurant for like a long time and they drink such beautiful juices together that are just like really, um, that are really like cinnamon. They're like, they're spice focused juices. I can't explain it. Like they, they'll have like curry leaf and like orange juice and it'll be like the juice of the day kind of thing, right? And it really changes the way that you appreciate how you drink your juice. Does that make sense? Like, and then you, I don't know, you start, you start drinking weird juice. My kids, ask my kids what they drink. They're so funny. They're like, oh, I really like um, pineapple juice with curry. And that like, phenomenal. I know, but like, that's yeah. what my kids like because, yeah. you know, I learned how to make it and that's what I started making for them when they were little. So when their friends come over, they're like, Ugh, what's this? You know, like, but it's so funny. Wow. That's, cheers to you. That is nice. amazing. This is no, awesome. cheers to you for making a great product. It's light, That's right? so good. It is light. That yeah. is so good. And again, I'm not a beer drinker. This is amazing. I love how light and like cantaloupe, it can sometimes feel like a heavy fruit because it's dense. Yeah. This is so light and refreshing. I need a different ice cube, but you know, we'll, we'll fight yeah. that about a little different place. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. I'm definitely putting those on my menu. I'm this ice cube Thank doesn't, so I'm not offended by the ice cube. Yeah, this is really nice. The ice cube is my friend. This is um, really lovely. I like the lemon on top. I know you kind of did it just for garnishment, maybe. I don't know, but I love garnishment. it. Garnishment. Yeah, different garnish. <laughs> it looks so, it's pretty, of course, but I love that lemon on the nose. Um, this is good. I can drink this all day. Yeah. We'll, we'll make a note that like using metal cups is like really great for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe you can just take over the rest. I'm just gonna go sit back here and drink my cocktail. That's okay with you. <laughs> 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 so I want to ask you about your collaborations. Okay. This is a unique space. You know, you hear about you know breweries doing you know they collaborate with another brewery, but you're doing a completely different approach, right? I mean, you're doing like you're really trying to bring together the art world and the beer world. Explain to us what that means for you. What does that collaboration look like? So, yeah, so we want to focus on um, more like art collabs and stuff like that because we want to just give an opportunity for people who aren't in the industry to just get their feet wet in beer. So the collaboration that I just did is with All Homage. They are a local streetwear brand very popular. I mean, we grew up, all the, all the kids in the schools wear the brand. I have the brand. So a good example is one of the owners, they love beer, and they've said that they've always wanted to make a beer, but they just never really had the opportunity or they asked around. But I mean, if you are this local brand and you go to a big brewery and be like, hey, I want to make a beer, they're like, 
yeah, no, <laughs> we don't do that. So I was just like, look, let's make the beer. So giving them that opportunity, I mean, they're, the day that the beer released, the, the owner, he, he, his face was just like lit up. Their, their um, customers who came out to support them, who probably don't even like beer, they were like, I don't drink beer, but this is cool, this is amazing. So for us, it's again, it becomes like not really about the beer, but it's about the collaborative experience that we're really focusing on. And, and collabing with brands that, you know, that, that are all about the experience and not just necessarily the beer. So that's kind of what we want to do. And we do the same with like the non-profit, um, non-profit um, Indivisible Art Collective. Um, we, just were, we just did a beer. Well, I did a beer concept with them in collaboration with Right Proper, and it was called Collective Consciousness. And the same concept, it wasn't just about the beer, but we released it around doing a big festival, you know, where we invited our friends and everyone to kind of come out and... So what's interesting is, so these are spaces that are non-food, liquid, you know, yeah. beverage spaces. Mm -hmm. How do you look at those, a clothing brand and a nonprofit, and say, we're going to collaborate and make a beer based on your on you're inspired by them, I take it. How do you, what's that process look like? So I... What I love to do, I, so I actually sit down with them and I actually take them through a tasting. I like invite them to like my favorite brewery and I'm like, okay, so like, what do you like? And I'll give them like tastings because I really don't want it to be just about my, me making a beer, but I want them to really feel like they're a part of the, process. the experience yeah. and the process. So, you know, I do a little bit of just like kind of like, oh, like what styles do you like? And then also just consulting, like I think... Bless his heart, like, you know, he's like, yeah, I love Trappist beer. I was like, yeah, we're not doing a Trappist in the summer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, but just being that, like, you know, yeah. there to just, I'm not just about just, okay, let's make the beer to make the beer, but I want this beer to be something that really represents you, you yeah. know, and, and your brand, not just ours, you know. So that's kind of how it, how we kind of come about it. And then once, you know, we do that, once we talk about their style, like, you know, um, Right Popper is, has always been great. You know, they always allow me to just do so, like whatever you want, Imani. Um, so yeah, and I'll kind of just try to work with them because they do have a smaller batch system. So that way it's like not overwhelming. It's like, cool, sure. we do a five barrel, do a limited release. And I think what's different... Is this going to be a limited release or is this going to be like a mainstay? Oh, this is a mainstay. Oh, Camelite. just saying, she's talking about Camelite. Yeah, so the one that the Sorry. one that I did is was All Homage. So that yeah. one was um, the most recent collab that I did. And that is that was a limited release. Um, but I, the difference is normally when you do like the beer collabs, like, you know, it's available at the top house. You drink yeah, it, you yeah, can't yeah. really get anywhere else. I think something unique that we did was like, um, we were like, you know what, we're going to put this in a can and we're going to put it on the shelves. Like you can go to a store and actually buy or have your friends buy a beer that you were a part of. So that, that beer is at is like on the shelves and is That's available awesome. at bars. And um, we actually did a competition and the winner, it was so amazing. We did an art competition for the can, $500 oh, cool. um, reward. And the girl, she she was young, the winner. <laughs> she was like 21, 22 years old and never had had this experience before. And now she's like, wow, like my art is in a store. It's yeah. at a bar. So that's, cool. that's that's what it's all about for us is, is the, the collective experience. 
everyone. I applaud you for that. Again, that's about bringing people along with you mm-hmm. and, and making a space for others to come through with yes. you. That's great. I yes. applaud you for that, Thanks especially you. at such a young age. Will you do your own brewery? I'll ask all the hard questions now. Well, that's not a hard question at all, actually. We are in planning. Um, we do have a tap room in planning. So we're actually one raising. For sale. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're not taking that one, but um, we do have. We are in the process, um, just you know, raising capital. Um, we we found the one that we like, and yeah. So we're just in the process of bringing that into reality, so Urban Garden can have it. Will it be in the district or outside? Yes, inside. The yep, inside the district. Um, yeah. Will it be <laughs> in the river or over the river? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, is that over the river? No, I don't think that's over the river. No, it's not over the river. Cause that's yeah, no, it's I guess in the river. I'm uh, I'm really I'm really into like keeping DC like you know bringing everything you have and and uplifting it for sure. Yeah, like for sure I'm being part of the project. So I'm just wondering. Yeah, no, we're we 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 want Urban Garden to have a home in the hearts of the city. So yes, that's what we're working on currently. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to also see how much camel meal she buys. I want to go. So you know what we forgot to do? Because we've been drinking beer. It's beer. We forgot to do our homework. Oh. Our, our, where are they going to go get this uh, recipe? You're going to go get this recipe. You can go get this recipe um, at Designated Drinker Not Show. Um, and I am slurring, so congratulations. If you, so that if you understood that. Designated Drinker Dot Show. <laughs> yes, I am like at another planet. I'm I feel over like. enunciating today. And then what you're also going to get there is you're obviously going to get links um, to um, Urban Garden Brewing and then any new stuff that's coming up. We definitely want to be a part of that. The fun thing we have coming is our anniversary party. We're going to be releasing a Oktoberfest-like beer. Um, which I'm really excited about. I'm still processing the recipe, but what's yes. the time frame on that? September 23rd. See? Yep. Over yes. our anniversary. Yeah. Wait, see, you hear the name. You are a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the name of the beer Fucking is. Fucking love it. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna give us the name? No, oh, no. Hold the name. Hold the name. Yeah. All right, all, all right. right. You know what you can't hold? This last question. Okay. So now that's how we know if you listen to our podcast or not. Okay. This is always the last question. Okay, was the last question. So in this day and age, everyone identifies themselves with some sort of spirit animal, and I feel like yours would have to be a black cat because that's the witch's calling card. Mm-hmm. But if you were to identify yourself as a spirit ingredient, whether it's in food or drink, what would that ingredient be and why? A spirit ingredient. Something that invokes your spirit hmm. to find you. Yeah. A spirit ingredient. That's a really, really good question. First things right. First things I was right. Say, say it. I was going to say, I don't know. I was like, chamomile. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. buys it in large you know quantity. Tell me why. <laughs> um, because it's just one of those, obviously, camelite. Um, but I don't know. Is I love it in tea. I love it in anything. Um, because it's mild, but it's also a little abrasive. It's like one of those things that are smoothing, but like you know, it's there. Well, I get. Yeah, love it. I'm definitely mild, <laughs> but a little abrasive, potent. You know? yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. I was also going to say grains, but then I was yeah. like, no, I'm not going to say grains. <laughs> Sorry. Well, cheers to being down me and green. Cheers. Pleasure. Thank you all so much. And this cocktail. Ugh. Amazing. 
The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.